I had a good friend back at college. He was so funny because he had this amazing ability to just ask woman after woman after woman up for a date. And he could just take the no, could just take the no. It was like water off his back. He was like a duck. <laughs> and I was just like, and he just said, it's simple. If I ask a hundred women, at least three of them have got to say yes. So it's just a question of numbers. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so where do you think he ended up working? Sales, right? He's a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> because he could just take, but but think of that. Think of that. That sort of that. That's beautiful self worth, isn't it? It's like it doesn't matter how many times a person says no. That's there's right. a reason why they say no. We're not a good match. Yeah, it's not. He it doesn't turn it on himself and say, "Oh God, what's wrong with me?" And yeah, he doesn't turn it in on himself. He doesn't self destruct. I loved the attitude. He used to really make me smile, and he would just. <laughs> <laughs> until he got a kind of a until he got a hit basically <laughs> hello and welcome to the taking off the mass podcast my name is ashanti branch and i'm really glad you joined us today's guest is pellegrino riccardi Pellegrino lives in Norway. Uh, he's a keynote speaker. He's a communication skills trainer. And he's an author of a book called Drowning Quietly. Now, maybe that topic of that book already rings bells, but I'm going to read you a paragraph from the book. I haven't had a chance to read the whole book yet, but um, let me just read this part that I think will set you up for this conversation that he and I are going to have. The paragraph says, I didn't like the man I saw when I observed him in the mirror the man who'd abandoned his daughter by a pool. I needed to see a new man, a new self, so that if nothing else, at least I could forgive myself for being the man I was. I needed to escape from the airbrush self that people need to see on my Facebook and LinkedIn pages. That's not me. That man appears to have many of the trappings of success, but they're just smoke screens designed to divert people away from the truth, which is that he is filled with insecurity vulnerability and weakness you know um what a beautiful writing first of all and i just want you to know that in this conversation we're going to talk about a lot of topics uh you're going to hear him talk about how humor became his secret power communicating became his secret power of growing up because it was his role to disarm some of the adults in his life so he could protect the family and maybe you out there have been a person who had to step up when you were way young, when you had to be the defender of others, when you had to be the protector of others, when you were trying, trying to figure out who was going to protect you. I hope in these conversations you recognize how much that you're not alone. I hope that you recognize that whatever you're going through, hopefully you have some place that you can go and be able to talk about it with others. You know, he gave me another nugget that I want to share with you here is that you know, um, Pellegrino is from the UK. And so in the UK, when you ask people how you're doing, the answer is typically not too bad. I mean, it starts at bad and it works its way up to better. Not too bad. But where he lives now in Norway, 
when you ask someone how they're doing, the response is only good. Man, <laughs> imagine that, right? I mean, we know here in the U.S. when we talk to young people and even adults, when we ask them how they're doing, we say, I'm good, I'm cool, I'm fine, I'm all right, not too bad, never been better. We have lots of phrases that we use here, but I'm fine, I'm good are usually the easy answers we find ourselves here. But to go further than saying I'm fine or I'm cool or I'm all right or I'm good, to say only good is another step. <laughs> and I wonder how many people have walked around saying, I'm only good. I'm only good. Maybe even the idea of fake it till you make it. If I just believe it, if I just find the secret, just keep manifesting it, it's going to happen. And sometimes we'll be missed dealing with all the things that we need to deal with anyway. So I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Pellegrino. He and I had a fantastic conversation. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Norway one day now that I know somebody there. I won't go in the winter. I promise you that. Because the day that I talked to him, I think he said it was 30 below. And I'm like, 30 below what? 30 below 110? Because that's the only temperature <laughs> that I'm going to be visiting in. But 30 below, yeah. Um, as you can tell, I, I don't live in a cold, that kind of place, even though it's cold, a little, a little chilly here today. But no one in Norway would take me saying today is chilly as anything serious. So listen, um, these conversations are important. If you have not yet made a mask, I want to invite you to be a part of this first milestone. We're really close. We're about a 30 to 60 days away. We're about a, two months away from hitting this first milestone of 100,000 masks from people all over the world. And if you have not yet, you can go to millionmask.org and make your own mask anonymously. Pellegrino and I are going to share our masks publicly, but you don't have to do that. You can just go in and make your mask and be a part of this movement. Thank you for listening. If you know of anyone that we should be talking to on the show, please let us know. Send us an email. At the bottom of the show notes, there's a place you can actually support this podcast. Whatever you feel that you want to contribute to help us continue having these conversations with men of all ages, from all backgrounds, from all over the world. We look forward to you being a partner with us in this. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Please enjoy today's episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, listen, uh, Riccardi, uh, Pellegrino Riccardi. Let me yeah. start over because I'm not already laughing. I'm laughing too much. I can't even say it straight. Oh, well, listen, we've already started the show before the show. So I guess, um, folks, I'm sorry you missed some of this uh, Comedy Central <laughs> opportunity that we had over here. But um, <laughs> we were uh, definitely uh, so glad to be a part of, uh, to have you here today. So uh, let me start over because I'm so, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I laughing for much. It's good. It's human. It's, good. it's human. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was amazed that, here's what I say. You told me that it was zero degrees where you are and then you're eating ice and I'm like, how is he doing that? And I'm like, got sleeves, I got a beanie on, like I'm trying to like... Yeah, I'm not outside in the ice, am I? I mean, <laughs> well, I'm giving my name. Pellegrino. 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 No, I'll no, give you, no. I'll give you a new one. <laughs> Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't, don't do it. Don't. You're going to make me mess it up. I'm definitely going to mess it up. I'm going to be like, Pellegrino. Yeah, just think okay. of the water. Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Let's go. There we go. Pellegrino Riccardi, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me. So much for inviting I'm already smiling. I'm just looking at your face. How, how can you not smile when you look at your face? It's such a 
happy face. I love it. Oh man, well your energy is infectious. So I tell you, I it's it's a, it's, a, it's a, I feel it already, and I'm really excited to this conversation. I was um, how about this? How about you introduce yourself to folks, let them know who you are, what you want them to know about you, and then um, and then we'll jump in. But I'm really thankful that you're here with us today. Yeah, I mean, as the name probably suggests, Pellegrino Riccardo, I have Italian heritage, so both my parents are from the. The south of Italy, the Naples area, they moved to the UK in the 60s. To, they emigrated to find work. So I was born in the UK, raised in the UK. And then um, by trade, I have two trades. I'm a musician, a drummer. So I played music and I was a teacher. So I did two jobs at the same time. And then the, the music part took off a bit had some success there and during one of my tours I met a Norwegian at a Norwegian festival and then I decided to move to Norway and kind of start fresh and take up the teaching again and I've been in Norway for 27 years loving it <clears throat> and today I am a what they call a keynote speaker so I do talks at conferences for companies and I talk about cultural differences I talk about how to create workplaces where people thrive. And my latest theme, actually, I talk a lot about love in the workplace. How do you create love in the workplace? And those two words don't really go together, do they? Love, workplace? No, what are you talking about? Because I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about how you create a place where love grows because people, people work better when they feel love. I know it sounds hippie 60s, but the scientists at Harvard University have yeah. done a lot of research around this. And love in the workplace makes people perform better. They're just better at their work. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I do. I love that. I love the, you know, we, in our work, we talk a lot about hearts, right? We, we have, we give out hearts in the workshop, but hmm. we talk about this journey from the head to the heart, right? And yeah. I think yeah. sometimes in the workplace where people are expected to be in their heads all the time, to do, the do, the do, the do. And right. less of the being, right? And yeah, right. And I do it at my talks. When I talk, I talk to the the head and the heart, especially the heart. Yeah. So emotions are a really big part of my talks. I break nice. people's I break people down in a good way. I kind yeah. of I don't know if force is the right word, but I encourage them to release their feelings as yeah. human beings, because that's a good thing in a workplace. And I do that in my speaking. Nice. And I also write as well. I've written a couple of books, one in Norwegian and one in English, <clears throat> okay. where the aim of the book is obviously to entertain and educate, hopefully, but also to get people to feel, which is really difficult through words, get them to feel stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about feelings for me. I, I appreciate that. And I'm excited because that's, that's really, that's what this conversation is about. It's about us connecting to the heart. And I think when, when you get the opportunity to connect to the heart of people, I think it's that place of like, I am... I tell audiences all the time, like, I'm not here to give you a list of things to do. No, I'm here to see if you can get back to the essence of you, right? The, mm. the part of you that may be afraid to show up, right? The part of you that may be afraid to let people know your full self. And, and mm. for, for, for good reasons, yeah. not, for, not for deception reasons, but for the reasons no. that we tried and people have not accepted or re rejected or disrespected us, right? Mm. And, and how do we find those places that we can say, who are the people that should be in our circle a little closer, right? Maybe we have all these mm. little layers of circles, but maybe, <clears throat> maybe do you have a close circle, you know? Mm. Um, I had a mentor ask me once, he said, um, Ashanti, where are you fully known? Oh. And I was like, hmm. Where are you uh, fully known? 
Yeah, I said, Are you fully known anywhere apart from in your own head? Yeah, I told him no. That's what I think of immediately. Am I anywhere fully known? Yeah. And then the second question was actually a little bit more aggressive, but he said, do you think it's possible to be fully loved if you're not fully known? Wow, that's that's very... God, that's got me thinking now. Hit me in the gut. Hit me in yeah, the right? gut. Well, how did you answer? What did you say? I, I was I was irritated. I was irritated. Yeah, but right. Before, but, but, but not out of like out of like, hmm, right. I mean, because of the people who know me, my family knows me, but they know what I let them know, what they can handle. My work knows me. They know what I can let them know. That my group of friends know what I think I can let them know. I'm on a men's team. I've been on a men's team for ten years. They know a lot of my, a lot more because it's a really intentional sacred mm. confidential space but man sometimes i'm always i'm still changing back in between who <clears throat> can handle, right who can they take you know? well we have we have different layers of identity that's for sure and you're making me think of the you know th- this last book i wrote i i let people know certain sides of me that they didn't know before and while, while friends and family were reading the book, I got a lot of text messages which said the same thing. And that was three letters, WTF. Ooh. WTF, wow. like, man, I had no idea. My sister said, <clears throat> I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me before? Wow. Right? So, you, you know, it, it's one thing to let people know, but can they handle it? Do they want to know? That's the other question. They don't always want to know, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Which sounds odd. You'd think that everyone would want to know, but a lot of people, to quote Jack Nicholson, you know, you can't handle the truth. Sometimes people don't want it. They don't, they like, they like the package that they see, but they don't necessarily want more because it's uncomfortable to think about that side of you. But that is part of you, isn't it? It is. So I think the follow-up question is, do we have an obligation to tell people or should we just keep it to ourselves? Yeah, powerful. Right? And I, yeah. And I think, oh man, great question. And I think in our work, when we tell students, we say, everyone doesn't deserve to, everyone doesn't have earned the right to know all of your story. But do you have at least somebody who you're, that you can be more of your full self? Where, where can you be mm. a little bit more of your full self as you mm. begin to get more fully known? You know, mm. like, because I think we, I think people need it. I think it's exhausting, you know? Oh, definitely. It's it's definitely exhausting trying to hold a lid on a very hot cooking pot, <laughs> right? <laughs> For a long time. You're going to get burned. You're going to get steam burns. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's dangerous yeah. as well, right? Uh, um, yeah. Again, I'm not saying we should let everyone know everything, but certainly select certain people who share the inner parts of our lives. But that's so important because... And difficult because because you become immediately vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Especially with the people you love. Yeah. I mean, I think right? imagine even right. our, our devices, right? Like, if for the different places we exist in these places, yeah. oh. is that like even more? Right. It's like, oh, I'm on LinkedIn. Okay, I can't talk. I can't post this on LinkedIn. This is a funny thing. I can't. Mm. I only post it on Facebook, and I can't. I can't post mm. this on this place because I'm supposed to be more business, and I got to be more serious over there. And so, mm. you, you kind of like all. I mean, I think our kids grow up in a place where they've always had an avatar. They've always had a a, 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 a made-up name. Yeah. They've always had, like, 
Oh, don't put your real name. Put a different name so people don't know who you are. Yeah. Because yeah, right. We're trying to protect you, but we're also having to create an a an, an, an avatar for ourselves, right? But then, um, but then, um, psychologists will tell you that spending too much time and energy on what they call the false self rather than the true self is also very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I can't remember his name now. There was a famous British child psychologist of the 60s who did studies into this and he warned parents you know about their children the the whole idea of play is to explore who you are actually you take on different identities to explore who you really are that's great because when you're not playing with that to find out what you are you're hiding it some way and then you're putting on the full self and and the false self is good. Sometimes we it's also useful when you go to a job interview. You're not your yourself. You pretend to be, but you're not. <laughs> On your first date with someone you think could be someone, you're not yourself. I don't believe anyone who says they are. No, you're not. You're absolutely not yourself. So that it's useful too, but <clears throat> but too much time and energy in the false self, yeah, is dangerous. And I'm worried about certainly my kids. You know, are they really being themselves out there? I hope so. Yeah. With the people they trust, at least. Yeah. I mean, imagine even you as a parent who's thinking about that. You imagine even sometimes with ourselves, with, with, with you, with, with kids and their parents, like when their parents say, how you, how was your day? And you say, fine. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've been practicing that scenario for <laughs> years and days and days. So they know the answer to give that disarms and they know the answer to give that's going to yeah. create some deeper questioning, right? They don't want more yeah. questions. They know yeah. the answer to give that, oh, oh, everything was great about you, right? You move yeah. on. But, you know, every once in a while, they would give that answer that's a little bit more charged. And you're like, oh, what's happening? And then you've heard. Well, heard I think you guys, you guys over the water there, you, you Americans are kind of a, a bit more positive than us Brits. The Brits, mm-hmm. the typical Brit answer is not too bad. Ah. How you do it? Not too bad. We say, we, use, we put the word bad in there. Interesting. Interesting. Not too bad. Okay. <laughs> we don't say not too good, but we say not too bad. Whereas the t- my impression is you guys, how's it going? Oh, yeah, you know, cool. Good, fine. Fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm yeah, good, you know, you. I'm killing yeah. it. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. You got yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not too bad. Thank you for the not- translation. Not too. That's actually interesting, right? Like how – how the communication of our yeah. of our our words we choose right mm. like now you, you wrote a book in norwegian so that means you had to you had to learn that language at some point I had to learn right? that language they say the same actually no they don't okay. actually they say norwegians say they say um yeah they say literally translated the typical norwegian answer is uh, only good only ah. good that's a good one i'm only good all right yeah. whereas the brits have the bad scale I'm not bad, <laughs> and I'm not, you know, but I'm, I'm not too bad. <laughs> I never thought of this before. Yeah, yeah. Only good. And I, I wonder, so so what happens when somebody says something different than that? What happens when somebody... Well, it catches everyone by surprise. Like, that's, wow. that's the same in all countries. When you don't, when you don't give the standard reply, uh, it catches people off guard, yeah? Yeah, I, 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 I agree. 
I was telling students who I learned Spanish, so I, I that's the only Spanish language I've learned. But mm. in every book, when you ask somebody, how are you? The answer mm. is muy bien, always very good. Right. Muy bien, I'm good. How are you? I'm muy bien. And it's like, that's what every language, so even to learn the language, you start with that, right? It's a practice, mm. right? Mm. And so imagine that when you say, <clears throat> uh, and then you, you'll have a couple of other answers and people are like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> You're like, because you wonder, did you, or do they even notice that you said something different than what they're already expecting to hear? And that's where we be, we become, or, or <clears throat> we should become, we should be good body language readers with people we know. You know, when they say, "I'm good," but you sense they're not really good. Do we do we follow that up or do we let it go? What's the deal there? Yeah. Do we go in or do we leave them? I imagine as a teacher, you had to make those decisions. On sometimes it was always like I got too many other things to worry about right now. I mean, I, I was a teacher too, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you could see it when they walk in the room, like something's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, time yeah, to deal yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Sometimes when you didn't, when you didn't acknowledge it, yeah. it came spewing out like a like a like a like a steam cooker, right? Like a pressure mm, cooker, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. oh man, I noticed something was up. I should have said something, right? Mm. And now it's all over the room. It's a mess, right? We've made a mess, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> well, you know, we. I mean, I'm really excited because I think that we, as we've already had this part of the conversation, the next part is these masks, which I think is already we're already talking about. But mm. I want to uh, th- thank you for being a part of this movement with us. And you get to go first. You get to decide who goes first. So either you want me to go first, or <clears throat> you go first. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's a. Yeah. What do most people pick? I bet they pick you go first. Sometimes they're like, they're, they're like, I just want to get out of the way. Something that's sometimes they just want to see how I would set it up. But I, I trust that whatever your heart says is the right. All right, thing. I'll go first. My okay. my instinct is to say you go first, so I'm going to oh, go against my instinct. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm there. I'm a little bit there. That's the kind of person I am, actually. All right, think, All right. It, my 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 veins are telling me that Ashanti go first, so I'm saying no. Nope. I'm gonna go first. All right, and so you just do the, you do the front, and then I'll do the front, and then yeah. If you if you want to do you want all three the... or one at a time, one at a time, right? Uh, just you, just just uh, fold the paper in half, maybe, and just show me the show me the front, and then okay. And Let me see. Everyone describe them. You can describe them. Yeah. Let's have a look. All right, here it is in half. This is the front of the mask. Can you read that? I can. I can. Oh yeah. Oh no way. No way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why'd you say no way uh, you'll see in a second okay you want to read it to us you want to read it yeah yeah so the first one i put it was very spontaneous i didn't think too much <laughs> funny yeah independent i don't need anybody else i'll fix mm. it mm. <laughs> hard working Hardworking. I'm sure lots of other men put hardworking. Mm. Isn't that something that we're blessed and cursed with? The, the responsibility of working hard, huh? Yeah. Like that driveway. You saw the driveway, yeah? That takes yeah. a lot of work. I calculated how much snow. Well, I say in that little clip you saw on Instagram, how much snow... Yeah. Because there are different types of snow, and, and often it's not that fluffy white stuff. It's that heavy, watery, hmm. and we're talking hundreds of thousands of tons of it, you know, yeah. proper workout, yeah? Proper workout 
to yeah. so that my kids and wife can walk safely out of the house and down to the garage and get out with their cars. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, I, I, I just can't, I don't live in a place that snows, so I also am oblivious to some of that. And But when I watch it, I'm like, that's before you can even go anywhere. That's like, you got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you don't know when it's going to snow. So some winters, it might do that every night for a week or two. And last year was a good year. Good year meaning it didn't really do it that much. <laughs> this year, we had a we had a few weeks. It just wouldn't stop already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and and it means getting up half an hour or an hour earlier than I would normally do to go yeah. and clear the snow because you're not getting out with the car otherwise. That's right. You're not leaving. You're not going anywhere. Man, you know. And um, yeah, that's one kind of work and. But also just working hard. I've always worked hard. My father worked hard. My mother worked hard. Typical immigrants who held down one or two jobs, low paid. The classic immigrant story, right? So their yeah. kids could go to school. and So hard work has always been part of our DNA, I think. It's always been there. It's only recently I started thinking about why we work hard. Yeah. What's the real function of doing it? Why am I really working hard? Yeah. Without going into all the details of my financial background, I don't need to work hard. And certainly not as hard as I worked mm. 20 years ago. I don't need to, strictly speaking. I can take my foot off the pedal a little bit if I want to. And yet I continue to work hard. And then you yeah. start asking yourself, why? Is it, are we destined to work hard? Is it part of our genetic makeup to work hard? Hmm. Is it? No, because not everybody does it. Right. So I started thinking, what is it I'm actually doing? What's the function of the hard work? I think that the answer to that is in the back of the mask when we get to that. Hmm. Okay, well, let's, let, let me do the front, and then we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, let me see your front. When you um, when you started reading, I when I when you showed it, I was like, I started laughing. I think you remember. I, I, mm. So here's um, here's my mask. That's what see. I drew. Oh, you drew. drew? Okay, if you drew it. Okay, drew cool. It, and this is what I wrote. Oh. <laughs> no way, man. Yeah. No yeah. way, man. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I of all the words, <laughs> of all the words you could have picked. And I've tried to switch them up. I was like, okay, let me not pick the one I always pick. Let me pick a new one and then one that and um man, I um these are these are my most common words, the things I wanna show. I wanna be mm. I wanna be lighthearted, I wanna enjoy, yeah. I wanna have fun, yeah. I wanna laugh. Yeah. And I'm serious. And when it's time to get yeah. things done, it's yeah. time to get things done, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I do on stage. I, I make people laugh. Yeah. They laugh their heads off on stage. <laughs> and um, I've had people say to me, have you ever considered stand-up? And uh, then I explain to them, well, the answer to that is no. Uh, let me tell you why I say. I don't get people to laugh only because I want them to laugh, but it's a great way to get people to remember mm. because the emotional centers of the brain are placed right next to the memory centers. Yeah. So if you make them laugh or cry, or any emotion, actually, any emotional response, there's more chance of them remembering it. So it's a, yeah. it's a teaching tool. You know about this probably, right? 
Yeah, well, of course, it feels I'm, good to make people laugh. Laughing is good. It's healthy. Yeah, but I've always been funny. As a kid, I was funny. Always funny. But then ask me why I was funny, and the story's not as funny. Mm, right? Why oh was boy. I always funny? Yeah. Wow. Have you always been funny? I, what you just said right there is that is is an answer to that. I've I've always needed to be the I I, I was the oldest. And so my job was to be air traffic control when my mom got home from work okay. to make sure that everything was out of the way, that when she walked in the door, there was no things that were going to create a, a uproar, like right. everything on her path to go whatever she needs to do was clean, right? Because <clears throat> if it wasn't, I it was going to come, I'm the oldest, so it's going to start with me, but it's going to get yeah. to everybody. Yeah. And because I'm the protector, you know, and it was just that thing. Job. Yeah. So my you're job. averting... The storm. You're making sure there's no no excuse for your mother to yeah to to explode, right? Yeah, to have any yeah to have same with this. me, man. Yeah, only it was more with my father than my mother. Yeah, my job was to keep the atmosphere light so that he didn't he didn't erupt. Yeah, mm. and I developed this um, sixth sense. I could just I could just tune into his mood immediately and then crack the appropriate joke or lightheartedness yeah. to keep it light. And it didn't always work. But you just get better, right? When you when you fail, you just get better the next time. Yeah. yeah. So it was the tool. That's it was constantly and it was a defense mechanism and it was also it was just to alleviate <clears throat> the potential pain, right? Yeah, because they were tired. They came home and they were tired, and they hated their jobs. My father hated his work. Mm. He hated it, yeah. and he hated his. He hated a lot of his life. Actually, he was he was a really angry person, yeah? and yet he carried on for the sake of his children, for which I'm grateful. But at the same time, <clears throat> you know, to 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 do something you really despise for so many years. So he was just like a hair trigger, ready to go anytime. And and my mm. job was to keep it light, keep that finger light, so he doesn't pull the trigger, right? Wow. And that's where I got my funniness from. Yeah, quick, quick, quick. really fast, really yeah. fast. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing the things we do you know, as as kids to, <clears throat> to to survive to survive. Yeah, yeah. That sometimes when we become adults, we may not even know we do it, or yeah. we or we. We realize, wait, why do I do that? Why do I? Yeah, why right. do I? Why do I? Why am I trying to be the perfectionist? Why do I? Yeah, I mean, that that's well. I think maybe they were already they were already there. Let's let's just, you want the back. Let's jump into the back. Should we do the back? Yeah. Hey, folks! I am reaching out to you right now to let you know that we are inviting all of our listeners to become supporters of this podcast. If you find these conversations valuable and meaningful, you know as we march towards a million masks. We know that um, it's more than just these conversations we need to have. It's more conversations in schools and in communities. And we're going to ask you to help that mission along. We're going to ask you to be a supporter. If you go to the bottom of the show notes, there'll be a link that says support this podcast. And we invite you to be a supporter. Figure out what area makes the most sense for you to support. And we look forward to you being a part of this movement as we make masks with people all over the world but in these conversations, as we have ma- conversation with men about their masks um, from youth all the way to our elders in our community. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. 
and we'll see you soon. Yeah, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I can go first. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I'll show the back with the with the fronts next to it because they're kind of yeah. They yeah. reacted to the front mask and and wrote these because mm. I'm funny there because I'm actually sad. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm independent, yeah. but actually I'm quite lonely. Because I've been disappointed so many times, so I, I stay away. Just do it myself; it's safer. Yeah. And you know, the last one with hard working, I, I work hard to, to numb the pain. Yeah. There's mm. a pain inside me, and work is one way. And I guess, in a way, I'm glad it's work, and it's not alcohol or drugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's numbing the kind of pain there. That's my. And I don't show that. I, sh- I showed it in the book I wrote. Yeah. And that's what surprised people. And then when you show the back of the mask, yeah. what I find is that other people have got very similar ones. So they've yeah. got a similar. And now, I'm, of course, I'm, I can't wait to see your back of the mask. <laughs> I'm ready. But you see, there's kind of the opposite, right? It's, it's, yeah. This is why I'm that... Because I'm yeah. actually trying to hide that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it um I, I think um so I made lots of these masks and sometimes I'm just like, what's happening today? What's really present today? And I think that here's my uh here's my I'll I'll show the I'll show it in comparison that they probably connect mm. to fear of failure. Yeah. Perfectionist perfectionist self self doubt. And and it shows up in a couple of ways. I think the fear of failure is like the reason I work so hard is that is like I just, you know, I made all these decisions to like mm. take this new career from the, the career that I was that mm. worked so hard for. And I went mm. to this teaching education and then figuring it out like um, and I think the one that's really present sometimes is the perfectionist. And I was listening to a podcast recently. and It's like, why don't I post like as much as I really in my heart want to post because I'm always like, mm. I'm always prejudging. I'm all, I'll, I'll, I'll prejudge the video before it even mm. goes out because mm. I'm like, ah, I can't do that. I'll, I'll draft, make a draft. And I'm like, ah, that's the, that. mm. who are you to be giving people advice about that? Who are you to be mm. thinking you're somebody special about that? And so the self doubt kicks in mm. and it all almost perpetuates that you can't be successful if you're afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're afraid, failure is part of success. Like there's just, you, gotta you have just to, you have, go, to. have more wins than losses. Right. Yeah. But there's losses are a part of success. And I think sometimes I get into the mode of like, but it has to be better. It has to be better. And I think I probably drive some of my team sometimes crazy, crazy. sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> why, why, you know, like some, like small stuff. Right. Like, so and it's hard to let go. It's hard to trust too. It's hard to trust, like, yeah. like letting go and trust. Right. Like, I think, yeah. Those are some those are some difficult ones that have Yeah, I try not to be hard on my uh, on my son. My son is like 19 and when I'm away, he'll clear the snow for me, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do it as well. And I and I and I and, this, and I'm driving back home and I'm thinking when you get home there's one thing you're going to say, which is thank you. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Don't yeah. thank you. That's it. Don't say, "Oh, son, you need to get a bit deeper here because just say thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the perfectionist. Yeah. But I, I've thought about this a lot 
and worked with it a lot. And I came up with this sort of phrase. I, 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 I read it somewhere and thought, oh, that's so cool. And it was this, people want connection, not perfection. Mm. People want mm. connection, not perfection. What you're doing now is, is a connecting device. You're connecting people. That's beautiful. Yeah. Nobody's looking for perfection. No, or rather, nobody really wants it. Right. You might want it from your brain surgeon or your pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's that's perfection, please. No, yeah. don't. You know, you, no connection. Just give me perfection right now. But apart from these little small, you know, it's we're looking to connect with people. I think we found it during the pandemic as well, you know. We all jumped over quite quickly to this digital format, yeah. which most of the time didn't work that well. Yeah. How many times have we, well, we've, we've done it as well on this recording. It doesn't work as it's supposed to, right? Right. But who cares? And I think I said to you, it doesn't matter. It's blurry, Ashanti. I can still see your smile through the blurs. <laughs> no pixel's going to hide that smile, yeah? So... <laughs> You can pixelate all you want, my friend, but it's still there, yeah. Because that's the connecting part. That's the connection, right? right? It's not. It's not perfection. And I keep telling that to myself. People want connection, not perfection. Let it go. Stop now. Move Mm. on. I like that. I like. I like that. And I think. I think about that a lot. Like the part of people want connection, not perfection. And I wonder what it would it be like in those moments where we're trying to just make it better that we we get real good at like the first the acceptance the first the thank you yeah. thank you for that yeah now how how can i support us to as a team like you know you're you're leading a family yeah. i'm talking about if i'm yeah. leading a whether i'm leading a family or a company and i imagine you see it in the companies you go to right yeah the the, the boss is sometimes in their head like i just <clears> want <throat> us to be the best I do care about people and how do yeah, I but that's different. Mountain? That's different. Being the best is different. That's great. Mm-hmm. Ambition is great. Being ambitious, aiming high, you know, performance, cool, yeah. but not perfection. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's unattainable. You'll never get it. Interesting. And, yeah. and people say, yeah, but if you aim for perfection, you end up, no, if you aim for perfection, you'll never get close. Right. Aim high. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But don't aim for perfect because you're destined to be disappointed. Mm. Did you see what I'm trying to say there? Oh, yeah? I do. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's absolutely. a nuance, but 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 that word perfection and judging by what you've shown me about your back of your mask, we're similar as well. We're, we're quite hard judges of ourselves, right? Yeah. We need yeah. to lean off a bit. It's good to be to have fear of failure because that drives you forward. Yeah. The good side of that is you you don't want to disappoint people. Yeah. I don't want to disappoint people who pay good money to to have me come and speak at their conferences right yeah i want to i want to deliver i have a responsibility i really care i i genuinely do care yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i had one customer who wasn't happy with what i delivered for various reasons i gave them their money back i said Mm. okay don't pay you're not paying for this because it's really important to me first of all i'm really sorry you're not happy yeah yeah um and i don't want you to pay for it that's yeah. the least I can do. This that's that's a responsibility, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So so fear of failure is a good thing in moderation. In moderation. It's when it becomes a, an obsession. And yeah. perfection is a form of obsession, basically. 
Yeah. I believe. I believe. Yeah. And, I'm, and I think that I'm thinking about, as you say, like, I wonder if I'm thinking when I'm in that mode, if I'm if I think it should be perfect or that it's not as good as I want it to be. So therefore, I won't let it out. It's almost like I in my mind. Yeah. Would never, ah, would never well, that's interesting. Now we're into something else that I don't want to let it out. Ah, but that's not perfection. That's fear. It's fear. Judgment. That's fear that's- of judgment. That's fear of rejection. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's yeah. a, that's that's like not daring to ask uh, the girl or the boy on a date because right. you're afraid of the rejection. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I had a I had a good friend back at college. He was so funny because he had this amazing ability to just ask woman after woman after woman up for a date, and he could just take the no. Could just take the no. It was like water off his back. He was like a duck. And I was just like, and he just said, it's simple. If I ask a hundred women, at least three of them have got to say yes. So it's just a question of numbers. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so, where do you think he ended up working? Sales, right? He's a salesman <laughs> because he can just take. But but think of that, think of that that sort of that that's beautiful self worth, isn't it? It's like it doesn't matter how many times a person says no. That's there's right. a reason why they say no. We're not a good match. Yeah, it's not. He doesn't turn it on himself and say, "Oh God, what's wrong with me?" And yeah, he doesn't turn it in on himself. He doesn't self destruct. I loved the attitude. He used to really make me smile, and he would just go <laughs> until he got a kind of a until he got a hit, basically, <laughs> and. You know, that fear of rejection, fear of judgment, uh, just just fear of being, even being sort of, what's the word? It's kind of an exposure, isn't it? They'll, they'll know I'm not actually that good. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a, yeah. that's a good one. Oh, they're going to find out I'm not that good. That's right. That's right. And that idea of like, how do I, how do I reconcile that within this self of mine who is so hard working. Like I'm yeah. working so hard and then to not get the results that I think. Yeah, that I good. I like that. Yeah. It doesn't, because that doesn't match with all the effort, but I've put in all this effort. Yeah. How could you possibly say no to it? Yeah. Which yeah. is why, you know, I don't think critics of art, music, books, I don't think they understand how painful it is to put in all the effort and then someone just slams what you've created and calls it a pile of shit, basically. Yeah. yeah. Even if they're right. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Right? And, and imagine and, and that and that's true for like like I have a, a some interns working on on stuff for the the movement. And I'm like, and I have to be I'm like, okay, they worked really hard on it, and you wanna mm. be as delicate and as clear as possible. Yeah. Because ultimately, like it's that it's that dance between like, okay, so here's the things I really like, yeah, and I got I, got, I had to get really good. Like, what what are their style of, of, of feedback? What style of feedback yeah. can they handle? What how much? Yeah, you know, what do they? And so, really being able to support people because I care about people, I care a lot. Of course, and I think yeah, I think being at that kind of in this kind of industry, we're working with young people who are trying to become their best selves, and knowing that some once they shut down, they shut down, and they're like, I'm not doing nothing else. You said it was bad, therefore I'm not going to try again. And you're like, no, that's not what I'm saying, right? And yeah, how do right. you? And we, and we all how have do you those find messages. That balance, yeah. That's right, that's right. 
because you don't want to be so, unclear. You certainly don't want to lie. You certainly don't want to, you know, bullshit them. You want to, right. you want to give it to them straight, but in a way that they can handle it. And, and there's a responsibility on both sides. I mean, as a speaker, I have a couple of people who, who give me tips and advice on how to improve as a speaker. Yeah. They're people I respect. They work in the speaking industry as well. And when before they give their feedback, I always say to them, listen, you've got to be honest with your feedback. And, and I'm just warning you, it's going to hurt me. Yeah, You'll see it on my face. It's yeah. going to really hurt me, the negative feedback. But don't let that make you sway off the truth. Just give it to me because I really mm. appreciate it. I'll mm. get over the pain. Yeah. You know, and I think, how many people would say that to you? Listen, give it to me straight. I know it's going to hurt. You're going to see me in pain, but don't stop. Keep yeah. going because I need it. I need it, man. So give it to me. I respect your opinion. And you can see them watching your face. I turn the pain on and you can see them. <laughs> they want to go off, right? Yeah. Oh, God, sorry. No, don't be sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Keep going. Yeah. It's really difficult, right? It's really difficult to be honest to people, yet caring. And caring. Say, yeah. And it's so important. And I think as a mentor for all these years, I've I've always had to tell my young man. I said, I want you. I want to ask you if I can give you some feedback because I don't want to just start offering you feedback if you're not ready for it or right. if you don't really want to hear it. You know, right. like so. Right. Tell them, and sometimes they just want to vent, and I'm like, okay, let's we have a vent session. Go ahead and vent. <laughs> and I'll take you know. Let me know who, how you want me to how you want me how you want me to operate on this end. You want me to yeah, reflect yeah. back how I'm really hearing it, or do you want me to? Just listen, like, because yeah. I think those are different ways of being with people when, when they're in the need of something, you know. Yeah, but it, you know, listen, I am. Uh, I'm sorry, we 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 went over a little bit over time, but I am oh, so thankful that's... for you for making time for this conversation. I I think we had a a whole conversation before the conversation that I'm <laughs> really excited. <laughs> but what I would like to do is I would like you to. Um, is there anything last thing you want to tell people out there, or uh, that's coming to you in terms of this work, but also. I, um, I do want to give you time so you can tell people how they can find you and connect with you because I, I think your energy is going to affect a lot of people in a very beautiful way. Yeah, I mean, based on this uh, it, this conversation alone, it really in line with what I do anyway, which is to get people to be brave enough to let down some of the mask, yeah? be a bit more vulnerable. I know we've heard that before, but vulnerability actually connects people. Yeah. It really does. Um I mean, I think back to that horrible, the horrible events of September 2001, right, in New York. Horrible. But that level of vulnerability actually connected Americans, New Yorkers, for sure. They, they were, and it's that collective vulnerability that connects us. Yeah. We, we think, especially men, we think that putting on this mask of, this stoic mask somehow helps others to trust us more because we're strong on their behalf. But it doesn't. It has... It often has the opposite effect. Yeah. So yeah. drop the mask. Yeah. Um, maybe not all your masks all at the same time to everyone. Be selective, <laughs> but but don't be afraid. Go for it. Um, it. It's really worth it. It's a journey I've been on for the past few years now, and that, that's what my my book was about. Really, you know, it's thinking back. I should have called it "Dropping the Mask" or something. But <laughs> yeah, do it. Go for it. Go for it. You, you'd be amazed at the results, actually. 
Well, I'm appreciating you. Will you tell folks how they can find you? Tell, tell, them, the, tell them the name of your book also, but tell them how we can find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really it. easy to find. Just put Pellegrino Norway. I live in Norway. So just put Pellegrino. I think I'm the only Pellegrino in Norway. And then just ignore all the bottles of water that Google brings up for you. This has nothing to do with the water. And if you see a football player in there, I'm not the football player who's been imported. <laughs> and just check me out. And the book is called Drowning Quietly. And it's about how we men often drown quietly in our feelings and our doubts. Then rather than air them, we, we, we drown in them and we suffocate and we go under. And the book is really an exercise in coming to the surface. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can get it as a kindle or a paperback nice well you yeah. know i enjoyed this conversation yeah me too so loved it um hey folks you know Pellegrino and i we shed our mask publicly you don't have to do that you can actually make your mask anonymously at millionmasks.org and um and maybe you'll find somebody you're interested in sharing it with in your life and maybe you invite somebody else in your life to make a mask and talk about them together but we invite you to make a mask just to know that you're not alone. And there's so much more to you than anybody can see by looking at you. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I am so glad to be in this conversation with you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie graphics are by Kelly Wong and a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11-11-22. That's November 11th of 2022. There's a math problem in there. You can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media. Take care, and we'll see you soon.